This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 15, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Both main presidential candidates believe that their foreign policy prescriptions will lead them to victory in November. But what animates the foreign policy of Barack Obama? And what is this idea of dignity promotion around the globe? Justin Logan, Associate Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. There's been a lot of sort of media hullabaloo about uh, the purported flip-flop of uh, Senator Obama, which we all know is the most dread uh, uh, sin that one can commit in American presidential politics. But as is made clear, I think, in the New York Times piece, uh, Obama's position hasn't changed altogether that much, uh, despite, again, the media drumbeat about how the surge has worked. Uh, and a media ad campaign uh, attempting to leverage that against Senator Obama, uh, he has said in the in the Times piece that he believes that the uh, the implications of uh, his opposition to the surge uh, uh, are still correct. That he was correct to oppose the surge and correct to support uh, deploying out of Iraq and focusing more on Afghanistan. And so I think that this is an attempt to to knock down the uh, the flip flop. Uh, charge that has been leveled against him. Um, and he's really made a point of leveraging against Senator McCain uh, in, the, in the Times op-ed piece and throughout the campaign. I think Senator McCain's, uh, what deserves to be uh, lauded in some sense as straight talk when McCain says things about spending 100 years in Iraq, uh, or bomb, 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 bombing Iran. Uh, Obama mentions these types of things in the Times piece, and uh, really, I think we have the the recipe here for a full on confrontation on foreign policy uh, in this presidential election. Both John McCain and Barack Obama believe that their strategy politically is a winning one. Uh, is there anything more deeply than? sort of just political calculation that leads Barack Obama to his position on Iraq. Yeah, I think you. it's a very interesting from being sort of a foreign policy scholar that this election is actually interesting. It, traditionally, very few presidential elections have been decided in the United States on the basis of foreign policy. Uh, normally, economic issues are very much more prominent. And I think that's becoming true of this election in the sense that uh, with all of the economic turmoil that we're encountering today, the relative importance of economics is going up. But people are still very, very concerned about foreign policy. And I think in this election, the interesting thing is you have two candidates who do genuinely disagree uh, on the what United States foreign policy should be, and they want to fight and think that their position will win uh, in terms of the popularity uh, that, that their position will engender in the American people. Um, so I think that you do have things like uh, th this question of, you know, should the United States be willing to negotiate with so-called rogue states, etc.? Uh, Senator McCain clearly says no. Senator Obama clearly says yes. So I think that you do have this very, very different uh, uh, approach. You know, you have Senator McCain, who again, the New York Times over the weekend described the sort of lodestar of his politics in both domestic and foreign policy as Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, and then you have Obama, who has very much more of a sort of 21st century uh, approach to things. He criticized, in particular, the Bush administration in his foreign affairs piece in 2007 
in the context of Iraq, Obama said that the Bush administration, quote, responded to the unconventional attacks of 9-11 with conventional thinking of the past, largely viewing problems as state-based and principally amenable to military solutions. So I think that Obama sort of sees things uh, uh, in sort of broader, uh, again, sort of forward-looking 21st century terms. And I think that McCain, you know, has this uh, mantra of grit and determination. He uses the term surrender a lot to to refer to uh, Obama's various positions on things from Iraq to Iran and elsewhere. So I think that you do, and, and it's important, you do see serious distinctions, but it's important not to overplay them. On serious uh, aspects of U.S. foreign policy, I think there there is similarity between McCain and Obama. When you look at things like uh, so-called democracy promotion or enlargement of NATO, uh, now these are very, very important things. They're, they don't have the sort of uh, sex appeal that a question about Iraq or Iran has in the context of the sort of media uh, tumult of the campaign, but on you know some very very consequential aspects of U.S. foreign policy, uh, there's similarity between the two. But I do think that that certainly in 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 terms of elections in recent memory, the differences here are fairly stark. Uh, and the, the, the two sides are willing to fight. Traditionally, uh, at least in recent decades, Democrats may or may not have had very very strongly held views about foreign policy, but particularly after Vietnam, they were afraid of the political implications. They were afraid that their views, which generally tended to be sort of less militaristic than did Republican views, would be branded as weak. And that happened again after September 11th, where Democrats were afraid to sort of oppose many of the things that the Bush administration was doing, at least in part out of political fear of appearing too weak. And I think that Obama... Uh, to a certain extent, represents opposition to that, to say, hey, no, wait a minute. The Bush administration's approach and Senator McCain's approach is wrong and ours is right, and we're not afraid to say that. So that's, I think, is what's interesting, is that there's a real fight. One of the key talking points for opponents of the Iraq war has been that uh, the America's stature in the world has taken a serious hit. What is this concept of dignity promotion, and where does that come from? Right. I think this is uh, 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 one of the points where, where Senator Obama's uh, otherwise relatively appealing uh, foreign policy platform uh, gets a little shaky. The, the term first originated in a, in a cover story for the American Prospect by Spencer Ackerman. Uh, in which uh, Ackerman interviewed many of the advi- close advisors to Senator Obama uh, and said, well, you know, how are we going to deal with this terrorism problem? What is the root of it, et cetera? Uh, and what kept coming up was that uh, they, they, they had this idea of dignity promotion, that the United States would, would, quote, fix the conditions of misery that breed anti-Americanism and prevent liberty, justice, and prosperity from taking root. And I think that this is sort of a dangerous misdemeanor diagnosis of the why uh, we have a terrorism problem and certainly how to fix it. Uh, it's not clear how one would go about promoting dignity. I mean, one envisions sort of USAID or State Department personnel uh, arriving on the ground in Somalia and saying, you know, we're, we're from the U.S. government and we're here to help you with your dignity. Uh, and, and, and that sort of, so it's a, it's a curious formulation, and I think it may underlie one of two things, either A, a fundamental misdiagnosis of the terrorism problem and why we have a terrorism problem, or B, what I think Democrats have, have 
traditionally done when they have opposed a particular foreign policy initiative. They feel the need to say, I oppose the Iraq war or I oppose going to war with Iran, etc. But there are all of these other scary things out there that the Republicans aren't telling you about that I'm going to deal with. So you hear things like Democrats talking about things like state failure, uh, which is as nebulous a concept as anyone has ever come up with. Um, but they say these failed states are a problem where there's not strong central governments uh, that provide uh, services to their citizens. There's going to be terrorism that comes out of there. This, of course, overlooks the fact that there are, you know, more than a billion people who live in in some degree of failed states, and that there is not this sort of uh, outpouring of terrorism from these places, but that. In general, uh, the root causes of terrorism, as diagnosed by everybody from Michael Scheuer to the broader U.S. intelligence community, uh, has been determined uh, to be largely attributable to U.S. foreign policy, that there's this strong resistance, particularly in the Islamic world, but elsewhere as well, uh, to a sort of forward U.S. military presence on the territories of, the, of lands that are viewed as, as being Islamic. So I think if Obama says, you know, what the Bush administration is doing is wrong, but what we need to do is to promote dignity, uh, one would like to see a little bit better articulation of what exactly it means to promote dignity, how we are supposed to do that, and how the world would receive that. And I think that a lot of people uh, have invested in Obama this, this sort of magical ability to sort of remake uh, uh, public perceptions in the world of the United States, that Obama will be elected and there will be this huge outpouring of relief in the world uh, in appreciation that uh, uh, America has elected Obama. And to a certain extent, to the extent that Obama is sort of a figurehead and is viewed as the anti-Iraq war candidate, uh, to a certain extent, there's some truth to that. But I think we need to be careful about attributing to Obama uh, this almost sort of metaphysical capacity to transform America's image uh, when he has a lot of these ideas that I think have within them the germ of something very dangerous. Um, but at the same time, it could just be political cover to, to say, uh, but I recognize all of these threats that the Bush administration and Senator McCain aren't warning you about. Uh, so I guess it remains underdetermined. But um, I think there's there's going to be some real interesting tests if Obama were to, were to be elected in the months and, you know, say first year, year and a half of an Obama presidency to determine whether Obama goes with the sort of center-left, Clintonian, Madeleine Albright, Richard Holbrook approach or breaks not just with the Bush administration and with the Republican Party, but with that sort of center-left approach that, among other things, robustly endorsed the Iraq War. So I think that it, in terms of the democratic approach to foreign policy, both the prospects for Obama's election and, if he is to be elected, the, the manner in which Obama governs in terms of foreign policy, the advisors he selects, etc., uh, will be really interesting uh, from the point of view, at least, of a foreign policy wonk here in Washington. Justin Logan is Associate Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and author of a forthcoming analysis of the foreign policies of Barack Obama and John McCain. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Full event videos are available for download at Cato.org.